executive's decisions. In Killing Cats Leads to Rats, Mitigating the Unintended Consequences of Business Decisions, you are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1137, Burning Calories to Give Calories. Active for Good runs 30-day activity challenges for companies and groups. Participants are sponsored to get active, unlocking food packets for kids. Luke Micey is here to tell us more about Active for Good. Luke, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It's nice to have you back because yeah. years ago you were a guest on our show we back with Crossgrain. Yes. Is that right? Okay. Many years ago. That's a, that's a history lesson. It Let's is. stay in the moment now. <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit and tell my audience a little bit about kind of your background and how you came to this organization? We'll Absolutely. talk about the organization next. Yeah, we. Um, so you mentioned Crossgrain. I had uh, Crossgrain, which is a branding firm. Uh, ran that for about 18 years, and uh, during that time, had met a client who uh, was involved in this charity, and, and they were getting ready to kind of start this organization to make these food packets for malnourished kids. So it was for a very targeted malnutrition issue that we see in the world, and um, so they got asked me to get involved. Uh, I actually saw my um, my oldest son tasting one of the sample packets and realized that you know it's an issue that he'll never deal with purely because of where he was born and so right. i it kind of spurred me to get involved and so initially started as a as a volunteer kind of was leveraging my business uh, acumen and my some of my creative and branding experience to kind of help tell the story to help sure. these malnourished kids in the developing world and um, was also an opportunity to work with a friend of mine and so i don't know i started out as a volunteer role and then it just kind of progressively got more serious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Around that same time, uh, I was going through some pretty severe personal changes. Um, I had had some health problems and uh, had a doctor tell me that I needed to kind of get active to lose weight. I was over 300 pounds. And um, so I I picked up cycling. Cycling became this thing for me. And uh, I've lost 140 pounds riding. Um, Cycling absolutely transformed my life. And so at the time, I didn't know that my kind of some of the speaking stuff I was doing, my branding career and the cycling thing were all on this collision course um, for uh, 2014. Uh, I had this crazy idea to uh, kind of walk away from the business world for a little bit and and see if I could raise some money for these kids and help send some packets to South Sudan specifically. And um, it was one of those ideas. Why South Sudan? You know, it, it was interesting. I had read an article um, about just how war-torn that country was, and it broke right. my heart to think of these very young kids that were suffering because of um, kind of things that were completely outside of their control. And um, I felt like this was an opportunity to say, okay, well, you've got this incredible evil that's going on there with everything that was going on and it's complicated and frustrating. And yet there's these poor little babies that are dying of malnutrition purely because of them being born there. Right. And um, so I think it was a timing thing for me and just seeing that story and realizing that you know, you could see something like that and you can kind of just walk away from it. Mm-hmm. Or you can say, no, actually, I'm going to do something about it. Right. And, or write a check and feel. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Which is good, too. But which is great. And uh, and so I um, I don't know. I just it was one of those times in my life where I felt like this is something I need to get involved in. So this idea of doing a cross country bike ride, I would ride my bike from San Diego to New York. My wife was supposed to say no. 
So that's how that's how it was going to play out. I'll tell my wife this idea. I've been thinking about it a long time. Honey, no. And she's like, that's amazing. We have to do it. And so then I, for about a month or two, I, I literally went from person to person trying to find somebody to talk me out of it. Uh-huh. And nobody would. They Uh-oh. kept introducing me to people or writing checks to help cover expenses. And all of a sudden there was an RV for us to drive and a bike company had sponsored me. And I mean, it snowballed so fast in the first four months that I just realized, like, this is it. This is... This is your time to go do something big. And so, so yeah, in 2014, I walked away from nearly 20 years of doing the branding business and said, I always tell everybody, I didn't burn any bridges when I leave. I kept a lot of relationships intact, but I lit all the boats on fire. <laughs> For me, it was only <laughs> right. about going forward. And uh, I I just felt like this is, this is what I want to kind of spend the rest of my life working on in some capacity. So right. uh, June of 2014, I got on a bike in San Diego and I rode from San Diego to Portland first. And then from Portland to New York. So why go north before you go east? I don't know. <laughs> okay, that wasn't that yeah, wasn't like some I had science. sponsor. No, I had spo- I wanted to ride the northern part of the U.S. Okay, um, it was summer. I didn't want to ride through Texas and kind of the oh, flats. Right. I, I, yeah, right. I wanted to go to the mountains uh, and ride through the Rockies. And and I have you know family up in that area. And then I had some sponsors in San Francisco and a couple sponsors in Portland. So I just in not really thinking of the extra twelve hundred miles. <laughs> That it would cost me. Plus, I learned that uh, he- headwinds are prevailing okay. south. So you're riding into the headwind uh-huh. every afternoon for, I guess, a month. Oh and, my God. Uh, yeah, that was that was interesting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but I was really strong by the time I made the turn to go east. So. I would think. <laughs> but the great thing is, your wife and and boys were able to make the trip with you. Yeah. So they were they were uh, my support vehicle. My wife drove this uh, giant forty foot RV, uh, which was terrifying the first time i drove with her i thought what am i doing with my life like this is just absolutely crazy but she she made it happen i'm i always tell everybody she's the hero of the trip i mean she put up with me she homeschooled the boys um she drove the rv and and you know she believed in her husband and believed in what we were doing and you did raise money we did and we raised money uh on the way there and then with some additional kind of speaking and events on the way back so nice um total i was gone for almost six months wow so what a family adventure. It was it Your was, kids will never forget. Yeah, that. it was crazy. Right. It was crazy. Wow. Okay, so so, so let's get the today. What is what is your organization today? How what how is this morphed into and what are you doing now? So come back from the trip trying to figure out what I'm gonna do next, and I reconnected with uh the friend and kind of ex um, client who had gotten me into this cause to begin with, uh, and they had launched uh this idea of you have kind of you know, this weird relationship with food around the world where some of the world is starving and needs food and the other world, you know, here where we live, it's Wasting. like, how do we, how do we get rid of calories? How do we burn calories? We, we spend money on gyms and trainers and all these things. And so there was kind of this conversation that went back and forth about a bunch of weight that had been lost by this organization. And, uh, the founder of the company that makes the packet said, it's really sad that that weight was lost. It should have been donated to kids. It's kind of a joke. Yeah. And somebody said, could we do that? We thought, what's an interesting, I'm not sure how we could do that, but you know, they offset carbon footprint with things. They do things to offset. Right. And so uh, we kind of came up with a scheme of, you've got kind of companies that are looking to engage their employees in uh, activity challenges and wellness challenges and things like that. They're investing money in it already. Would they be willing to kind of uh, use purpose as a motivator to get their employees active and fit and also Mm -hmm. connected? Um, And so we kind of devised this product of a 30 day activity challenge where we go into companies, um, we have a really simple app that they download and they participate and get active together. They compete on teams. And at the end of the challenge, um, kind of their activity is directly uh, translated into packets for kids. How is that? 
Um, so by by the employer sponsoring the employee to get active, okay. um, the it's a simple thirty dollar a month. Uh, fee per, per employee okay. um, in the kind of 500 to 1,000 employee range. And uh, and that covers not only the participation in the program, but it also covers all the packets that are delivered at the end. So, And, and you're, uh, for those that are watching us on the live stream and maybe checking us out on, yeah. on, on, on Facebook or maybe on YouTube later, you have a packet. Can you yes. explain what you brought? Um, so this is a packet of uh, RUTF, which stands for uh, Ready-to-Use Therapeutic Food. Um, nonprofits love our acronyms. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so... Uh, it's a uh, packet of peanut butter and powdered milk and nutrients in a packet. It's used for kids that are um, suffering from what they call severe acute malnutrition. So this is kind of past the point of hunger where these kids literally need a medical intervention or they're okay. going to starve to death. Um, okay. And it's also very young kids, so it's typically kids in the first thousand days of life. So these packets are used by kind of World Health, World Aid organizations. Um, the best way to think about it is like food by prescription. Mm-hmm. So they'll show up, a mom will bring their child to a medical facility, um, and these kids, a lot of times, are uh, on the brink of death. I mean, they're sometimes non-responsive. They're oh my. extremely skinny. I mean, one of the things I tell people is they they measure the upper arm to see if the kid is malnourished. Right, and that, yeah. uh, they're, you know, a two-year-old, their arm is not much bigger than a U.S. quarter. So we're talking severely malnourished, um, bloated stomachs. And they're to the point where even if you give them food, a lot of times they don't get better. They need okay. a an intervention okay um if if a child had something like that here you would take them to a hospital they'd probably give them a feeding tube or formula but in the developing world that's just not an option yeah there's not um and so we we originally got in this to kind of come at it from a nonprofit standpoint and see if we could manufacture these cheaper to take the budgets that were already being spent and maybe make them go further sure and after that kind of was achieved um by the manufacturing plant then it became about how do we raise more money and that's where ideas like actor for good come in Mm mm-hmm how long does it take a severely malnourished child on to eat these before they're like able to go back to a diet? So typically they're doing three packets a day for six weeks. Um, six weeks. Yeah, so it's a six-week program, and uh, the, the results are just absolutely amazing. Um, it's a uh, the, There's been a joint statement by most of the World Health Organizations that this is the way you treat severe acute malnutrition. So, And how prevalent is that? So the, the numbers... Um, range anywhere from 17 to 20 million children suffer from it um, globally. Uh, a lot of them in sub-Saharan Africa, but also other kind of rural poor areas of the world. Uh, the deaths are up upwards of three, three and a half million a year that die from it. Uh-huh. Um, one of the problems though is you, so the deaths is tragic, but you also have kids that um, are malnourished uh, during a time when their bodies are supposed to be developing. Right. So they don't maybe end up having being able to walk or their brains never fully develop. So it's an issue that affects a child for the rest of his life and right. a community for the rest of their life. There's been numbers that have been thrown out by the World Health Organization that a dollar investment in um, uh, fighting malnutrition is worth almost $18 in uh, okay. investment back in the economy down, because downstream. down the road. Yeah. yeah. So what is your role with Active for Good? So I, uh, I'm kind of one of the people that are kind of heading the charge to get this thing off the ground. So I specifically am using a lot of my kind of branding and marketing experience to tell the story um, and then also helping with uh, kind of product development and figuring out where it fits in the market. So Is Active for Good a, a California organization? Uh, we, we are in that uh, me and the CEO are both here, but we have uh, team members all over the country. So. so how do you determine, how do you prioritize the need? I mean, because the need is so great, right? Right. So we, um, a lot of times we're looking for uh, kind of the, who the partner is on the ground and making sure it's a trusted partner that we're getting the packets to. And Is that a problem? 
Uh, it's it hasn't been a problem, um, but it, it definitely uh, sets our priority of where we send packets. Okay, um, it's how quickly can we get there? A lot of times, these packets are sent into really desperate situations, so it's a lot of war torn or drought. It's it's not something where they're just sending food; they're sending this into an area where there's some pretty heavy like right now south sudan um is an area somalia is an area where the, a lot of these are going so is it a combination of a war-torn area and also then uh, uh, an area that has difficult with the climate or a drought um it's is it's it usually a combination of it's factors? every combination of factors yeah it's a combination of 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 a lot of factors so. have you been able to be there at a time when the packets were i have not yet um i uh i have not had an opportunity to go and and i'm I have mixed feelings about it in that I would love to go, but I don't want to go just to see it. I don't need to see it to be fired up about it. Right. Um, I want to go because there's a reason for me to go, and I just haven't figured out that reason yet. So. Okay. And, and how is – we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but let's take it back to the earlier conversation, your wife and your boys. Mm-hmm. Your involvement in Active for Good, what impact are you seeing that, that have directly inside your family? You know, it's interesting like to see the empathy that my kids have developed – uh, over this whole experience, um, and just to see how much they care, uh, for other people. You know, I said early on that I can tell my kids they should care about people and care about the world and what's going on, or I can just show them. Mm-hmm. And this was a, this was an opportunity for me to show them. I can also show them what it means to chase a dream. Um, I think of even just the investment in fitness, you know, active for good is about getting employees active and getting people active. And in some ways active for good is also about kind of teaching empathy to people. So, you know, this might not be somebody's thing after they finish a challenge. They might not, this might not be the thing that they excited about, but you're giving them an opportunity to exercise empathy with their mm-hmm. fellow coworkers. And this might be the thing that gets them excited to go find what it is they are uh, empathetic about or what they want to get involved in. Right. So, you know, we think that purpose is kind of like a muscle, like the more you flex it, the more right. you're starting to look for opportunities to to you know do that with your fellow coworkers or find your passion. I can see how that is how you feel at the end of it. You want to feel again, and so maybe you find another vehicle right. that gives you that fulfillment that you. you I mean, I've you always thought like, what would what would the workplace look like if you could scale not only empathy but also people having energy because of physical fitness? I know right. what it's done for me. Right. You know, my energy levels, and even as I bestow that on my kids of how important fitness is because it's something that's taken me a long time to get back. But I think it's very important in kind of the stress that we live in at work and whatever to have those kind of outlets physically to get rid of some of that stress. And so, so we have we have CEOs and business owners that are listening, and we've got about a little bit under five minutes. I'd mm-hmm. like to kind of turn the conversation now to how does this work? And say there's a CEO or president of a company out there that might be interested in this. Can we talk about the mechanics of how that works for the business itself? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So um, a lot of the companies that uh, that contact us, they're either already doing some sort of kind of corporate wellness or um, activity challenge type thing. So they've done step challenges together, or whatever. And this is a, just a kind of an interesting twist on that. Right. Um, so that's kind of one angle that folks do it. Um, another one is they're looking for a way to kind of get their team engaged in something together, whether it be through community service or even just having the kind of fun competition that this challenge brings. And so maybe they're looking to invest in culture. And uh, so those are typically the companies we connect with. Mm-hmm. Um, the mechanics of it are a lot of times it's either uh, an executive that decides we want to do this and they contact us or um, we go in through HR, through an HR department and they say, hey, this is awesome. Let's do it. And so 
typically have a kickoff call and then um, we set a challenge start date and end date which again is a 30-day challenge and then from there it's pretty easy to participate for the actual participants we give them a full kind of marketing kit to talk about the cause um, during the challenge there's an entire email campaign that goes with it that tells each participant about the impact they're having. Hmm. There's things like, you know, most improved individual each week that shows up on the leaderboard or most improved team. Um, and so uh, the other thing I'll mention is because we're a nonprofit, uh, it can typically be funded from like a foundation budget. It's not something that has to be funded from like their traditional HR budgets. So. Okay. And it's $30 per employee per month? Uh, it's $30 an employee per to participate in the 30-day challenge. Um, okay. A lot of times, uh, companies will do it maybe twice a year, three times a year. So. Okay. And we're working on a kind of a library of challenge idea where eventually there'll be a few different types of challenges. Right now, the, the focus is on a 30-day experience. And what does that translate to? Cause, so you were saying earlier, the ideal company to engage this for you is how many employees? Um, they're typically in that uh, 500 to 1,000 employee range. Okay. Um, we we have done challenges for much larger companies. Sure. Uh, we're actually doing a challenge with Chevron right now. Wow. Uh, what we found with the larger companies is a lot of times they have um, technology platforms already in place. Okay. And so they love our story, but they don't want to uh, maybe implement some sort of new tech. Okay. So what we do is we just come in and layer our story on top of what they already are using. All right. Because for us, our mission is to help kids and help people get active. It's not necessarily to build a user base we want to we want to see these packets be unlocked for kids so and, and what's a packet like this cost uh they're 50 cents a packet okay so so 30 dollars is yeah so it, it covers um it breaks down to uh a little more than half of it covers packets and the other half kind of covers our administrative costs sure so, sure yeah all right so if someone would like to learn more about how to participate or bring active for good into their business how would you say they do that Luke? um if you just go to activeforgood.com uh, up in the right corner there's a uh, start a challenge and from there you can get to our company challenges and contact us. Uh, people can also email hello at activeforgood.com, and we're happy to respond to questions. And, and you said the CEO is here in Southern California yeah, as well? Yeah, he's down in Newport Beach. So, And does Active for Good buy these packets then? Yeah, so we we uh, we then make a purchase uh, and work with the partners to, to see where the packets go. So, for example, we did a challenge with Johnson & Johnson. We actually were able to do a video with them that shows their actual packets in country. Oh, okay. And so we're, we're able to follow the story all the way through. Wow. And then during the challenge, um, the app that you have on your phone, our Active for Good app, actually shows the individual uh, how many packets they've unlocked. Uh -huh. So every day it's about closing that ring and unlocking more packets. So Okay. Yeah. Well, this is, this is an awesome program, and, and it's interesting to me how one relationship, one connection – totally changed the course yeah. of your life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think that's probably true for most of us, right? right? <laughs> we just never know when that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. I think of books and people. Those are the two things that change everybody's life, really. Right. Well, thank you for being a friend of the program, a part of our community, yeah. and, and the good work that you're doing for so many needy Thanks people for around me. the world. It's great to see you again. Thank you. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, that's going to end this segment of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I'd like to thank our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, without whom we wouldn't be able to do this show, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and, of course, Haley Stern. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, probably the best way to do that, and just look me up, Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. That's our next show. I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.